People's perception of you dictate your behavior, you will never grow as a person. But if you leave yourself open to experience, despite what others think, then you will learn and grow. Believe in yourselves. Dream. Try. Too good. Welcome all you Feeny followers to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast overflowing into our slime-filled past. I'm your best friend from Philly, Brett. And I'm your John Adams High alumni, Alex. And Brett! What are we doing back in school? Do, do I... Do, do I smell some... I mean, we're not quite Nickelodeon territory. It, it almost smells a like bit. it's ABC or something like that. Yeah, I, I think we're in uh, officially TGIF territory, uh, which is a programming block from ABC that's was very, very popular in the 90s. Here's a word you don't hear every day. Jocularity. Jocularity? Is that P term? Next, Al starts hanging out with the bad girls at school. Check you later, dudes. Look at it this way, Frank. You're not losing a daughter, you're gaining a soldier of fortune. After seeing that clip, I'm feeling a little jocular. And somehow you and I, Alex, missed that boat growing up, but uh, <laughs> our guest today has well versed in it, so we're going to get to her in just a moment. Uh, I, I do have to say, while this doesn't exactly fall on an anniversary of our show per se, although it did premiere 30 years ago, we do we do have a lot of fun uh, nostalgic content to cover for this. So I'm excited to to do a retrospective on a on a non Nickelodeon topic for a change. Yes, and we really wanted to get some of the guests from the show onto this episode, uh, but unfortunately that wasn't able to happen uh every contact i had didn't had fallen through and not to mention we tried a lot of them yeah and not to mention the fact that which we'll get to later their own podcast that they've got going and so a lot of them are going there so that's understandable uh but either way even though we don't have any special celebrity guests we have our own splat attack celebrity guest joining us so everyone you have seen more of megan through meg reacts this season so thank you for joining us for this episode thank you for having me what she doesn't get a special introduction like our previous guests <laughs> well, well zoom screen we through the through the school room <laughs> split our screen in half <laughs> <laughs> but uh Me megan had um i mean i grew up with tgif as well but i didn't watch as much of it i think mm -hmm. the only show i really watched regularly was full house mm. um but i i had seen a few episodes of sabrina the teenage witch because i was a big clarissa explains it all fan mm -hmm. but uh step by step i didn't watch any of uh, family matters i didn't really watch that much I watched a little of that um mm -hmm. Occasionally, I would watch it if there was something that I saw that was really cool on the mm -hmm. commercials, like a Halloween episode or or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, Boy Meets World, I didn't see a single episode. But uh, Megan, uh, since we've got you for our guest, what is your experience with Boy Meets World? It was the the go to show on Friday nights. Like that was it was very widely popular. Um, 
it was just an all-around fun show. It was funny. It was heartwarming, too. But it really dealt with a lot of issues that I know teenagers deal with. Uh, even in today's society, they still deal with it today. And uh, it was very relatable. And I liked that it was more real. It what it didn't feel fake. Kind of like some of the sitcoms, like Full House and stuff. It's like you know they don't resolve everything like that, but in a perfect episode. But you know, in in this show, there. I mean, the parents get angry and they scream at the kids, or they you know, and it's just more realistic. And I think that's what really was it was able to reach out to a lot of their audience that way. So very relatable. Yeah, I really like how they depict like middle class America in the 90s. Yes. Um, I think it's very relatable from that standpoint, whether you're like on Corey's side or Sean's side, because they have two different mm -hmm. perspectives and upbringings that we see often come together in certain episodes. And mm -hmm. it, you really feel for Sean in some cases because of some of the hardships he has to endure just to like get by in, in school yeah. and, you know, still be there for his best friend, Corey. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I appreciate seeing seeing like what life is like growing up in this area of the world um, from all these different backgrounds and perspectives based on the characters that we get to know throughout the series. Yeah. And, and, and I really like Megan's point to Full House was, I mean, it was, it was full sitcom. They would have a problem and then it would be resolved all happy-go-lucky by the end of the episode, almost every episode with an occasional two, maybe three-parter. But, um, this series for the first few seasons was very much in that same vein, but also they were kids when they had started. Yeah. Uh, by the time they hit what season four, uh, they were really starting to tackle issues that would take place over the course of the season. Uh, they would still have their main storyline for that episode, but something that had taken place previously would have ripple effects throughout yeah. the whole thing. And, uh, and I, like Megan had said, I really liked that uh, because it felt more authentic to what kids and teenagers were feeling at the time as opposed to just being a one-off and done. Mm -hmm. So that was, it, it was really good. Uh, the uh, the wedding episode in particular, do you remember when they had the invitation at the end of the episode? Did, were you watching Religion Aww. Point? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're finally doing it. We're getting married. And we want you to be there, this time next Friday night. You're gonna look so cute in a tuxedo. Yeah, it's powder blue. No, it's not. Well, all our friends are gonna be there too, including you. It wouldn't be the same without you. So please RSVP to our website. Cory and Topanga. One word. Dot com. See, Cory and Topanga, one word, is sort of like a, uh, a symbol of our unity. No, it's a computer thing. Unity. <laughs> CoryandTopanga.com. See you at our wedding. Were you and your friends talking about that in school at the time? Let's see. Because the only one I knew, the only friend I know that you had at the time who who also loved Boy Meets World was Melissa. Mm -hmm. How did you have a lot of friends that still watched and talked about it at school? Oh yeah, uh, and you know it's funny because the show ended in two thousand, uh, right at the peak of the two thousands, and I was actually still in sixth grade in the year two thousand. So even when I hit high school and they were re airing it on it was Fox Family at the time and then became ABC Family, my friends and I would just like talk about episodes. Even though it, the show had already been over, we talked continuously about it all through high school and talked about moments in it. But um 
Yeah, the the wedding between Corey and Topanga was huge. I mean, it was as big as even Jesse and Rebecca's wedding in Full House. So it was like this was this was it because this was they were one of the huge most widely known TV couples at the time. So this was a huge moment. Yeah, especially since the majority of the show, if not all of it, follows the relationship of Corey and Topanga together, even from like elementary school days until Girl Meets World, as we're going to talk about later. It's it's not something you ever see in other types of sitcoms, but I think that's what really is the the heart of the fan base that keeps them coming back for more, no matter what they try to do with this series, is just seeing how that relationship will take different twists and turns or uh, fall apart or come back together or how how Corey and Topanga's worlds are shaped by their experiences as they yeah. go through the show together. Yeah, yeah. Now, Megan obviously had grown up with the show and uh, got to see its reruns and then again back when it went to Disney Channel for a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Monica is not here for this episode. She did say in our uh, romantic moments episode that she had picked Boy Meets World as one of hers so obviously she is a fan as well yep. and she she couldn't be with us this episode you are missed Monica uh, but Brett just from what you know of Monica was her experience with Boy Meets World very similar to Megan's and is there any major difference that you know of I mean just from what I remember she she grew up watching it a lot and tuning in on Fridays to watch it um, I don't know if she talked about it much with her friends at school or not. I'd have to pick her brain a little bit deeper. But uh, she was really into the show. She really loved the relationship of Corey and Topanga develop further and just seeing Corey and Sean's friendship, um, you know, survive a lot of hardships and interesting mm-hmm. plot twists uh, found, you know, made it really charming to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember... Uh, my experience with it was was not that I watched it as a kid. I didn't get into the show until we were married uh, because she was really into the show and I was wanting to do... She didn't have much of a DVD collection, whereas I had a huge DVD collection. And, and you uh, couldn't find it on DVD. No, at, at the time... It was not. At on. the time, it wasn't on DVD at all and they had stopped airing it on TV oh, and she was wanting... And she was wanting to show it to me, and, and we couldn't watch it anywhere. So I did manage to find a um, completely legitimate copy of the entire series, uh, which I am not going to disclose where I found it, but I found it. And uh, I, I got a copy for her. I got a copy for her friend. And uh, then we watched the entire series. And shortly after I got that, they started releasing them all officially on DVD. So I got rid of the completely legitimate copy and started getting all the originals or all the uh, ones from... uh, Premium copy. (laughs) Yes, yes. Choice copies. So, uh, I mean, and, and I've always been a very big advocate of... If you're fans of different shows, especially Nickelodeon, and they put it out on DVD, go get them. The, yeah. the more the more we support this, the more they'll do it. But if they don't have it available out there for the masses, I will do what I have to to get a copy of it. And that's what I did with Boy Meets World. And then they put them out, and I stuck by my word, and I went and got all of them. But um, during that time period, she started introducing me to the series uh and i really dug it uh i got into it a lot even though i was an adult i'm still 
I'm still a giant kid at heart because here we are it's still talking about Nickelodeon and Boy Meets World and all these other shows in our 30s but uh, still a big kid and I really thought the show was really fun uh, I especially because now I was watching it in 20 year old eyes and I was wanting to have my own family so I really was relating more to the dad in the series uh, for the first couple of seasons but then once um, Eric started to take a turn. Uh, we'll he, get to that. Because he, he started relatively serious, and then he just got goofier as the series went along. And then once he started making that turn, that's when I went from pro-dad to pro-Eric, because that's my kind of humor, and then I just stuck with him for the remainder of the season, or the remainder of the series. But uh, I like to think he got Patrick Star Syndrome, because that happened to him, too, on SpongeBob. <laughs> and he was my favorite character for the longest time, until he got a little too dumb. <laughs> but uh, I, I really enjoyed the series and uh, especially the later season, the, the last season when they had gotten married and were starting to face life outside of college and, and what to do, how to live, because that's where we were. Uh, we had just gotten married. We had our own apartment and we were trying to there was a lot of how are we going to make how are we going to live? And um, there were quite a few moments that were really somber but really helpful also at the same time mm -hmm. but i really enjoyed the series and i was I'm, I'm glad i watched it we've been trying to get sam into it uh he's not quite got into it yet but he does occasionally we'll go back and watch some of it especially after we watched mission impossible and then i showed him the the youtube video of the various feeny oh uh, oh yes this made for you. Bone chilling, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> hey, Feeney, look, it's Eric doing Mission Impossible. And Sam cackled because we just got done watching the movie. But, um, it was a, it's a great series, and I was really excited to talk about this uh, on Splat Attack when we had an opportunity. I really wanted to have some guests from the show, but who knows? We might have a guest sometime in the future and do a conversation with episode uh, if we can ever make that work out. But, uh, but Brett, your experience with Boy Meets World is what? Uh, well, it's I'm probably the most unseasoned character of the four of us uh, after having gone around the table. But that doesn't count me out for being uh, ignorant when it comes to the show, because I, I specifically watched the entire series and Girl Meets World for this episode. Like I had not seen it before this and I knew I was going to do it because I love I love a good challenge. And this was a lot for me. But um yeah, I didn't really think much about Boy Meets World because it wasn't on Nickelodeon. I'm sure if I saw it more, um, it, it would have been on my radar, but unfortunately, no. Like, the only extent of TGIF I watched growing up was a little bit of Family Matters because my uncle was into Urkel at the time and Dinosaurs, which I loved yes. for the fact that it it pretty much just feels like uh, like a dino puppet version of Roseanne. At least that's how I perceive it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fair assessment. Yeah. And... Um, so, so I didn't really know much about like this other than like seeing the the Ben Savage issue of Nickelodeon magazine. Like, who's this kid? Why is he popular? Like, where did he come from? And of course, uh, I dug a little bit deeper with these shows as we watched them recently. And 
you know, I thought it was kind of goofy to start out with, especially with the first season, because it's painfully early 90s with the, the happy-go-lucky feel that it, it kind of emanates. But as it goes on and gets a little more serious and tackles more mature subjects, I've grown to like it a lot. I, I like when I'm proven wrong, and I like when uh, there are shows that really try their best to captivate you in all ways it can, uh, mm-hmm. especially for, like, a, a kid audience. And I... I don't know how how many of the episodes I want to say that I I enjoyed, but I definitely find uh, myself resonating most with Eric Matthews, maybe a little bit here and there with Sean, a little bit here and there with Corey, um, and then the dad because you know he's he's the father and trying to keep the family together. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what I can really say about it. I I just enjoyed the experience a lot and. Uh, I find it a, a very rewatchable kind of timeless uh, artifact of the 90s that's still celebrated today. Fair, fair enough. And I'm really excited the fact that we finally got Brett to watch the series. Uh, because when I had mentioned this uh, on Instagram at one point, Brett had told me I hadn't I hadn't really seen the episode and or seen the show. And I was going, what? <laughs> See, now I was acting the way she was when she told me about Boy Meets World. It's like, I hadn't really watched it. Ooh, what? But uh, Manny, uh, also, who's part of Splat Attack, he, he grew up watching it as well. At least I believe that he said that he had. So uh, I, I know we've got another uh, fan within the Splat Attack uh, staff. I don't know if Jordy had grown up with it or not. I don't think so, but Jordy can always yeah. correct me later if uh, when he has if an we can find him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for this next part of the episode, we are going to go into the history of Boy Meets World, and then Brett is going to find some Nickelodeon ties for us because there's quite a few. But uh, Megan just was holding the cat, so now she's having to flip all the cat hair off. <laughs> but uh, the, the the inception of the show is that it was co-created by Michael Jacobs and April Kelly, two names that I can absolutely pronounce. Uh, it was uh, directed by David Kendall, and the season or the series premiered on September 24th. 1993 and ran for seven seasons with 158 episodes until May 5th, as Megan said, 2000. Uh, A season of the show averages about 22 episodes, with the longest one being 24 episodes in season five. The Walt Disney Company commissioned the series for, as we had mentioned earlier, TGIF, centered around a 12 to 14 year old audience Michael Jacobs chose to cast Ben Savage as the leading role after finishing his work on the popular ABC show Dinosaurs Uh, he he wanted the sitcom to focus on middle child of the family as others around the time were centered around the oldest child Uh, the working title for the show was initially called the Ben Savage Project that sounds like a artsy fartsy band from the it, 90s. It does. <laughs> it was invented by the noted Cambridge physicist, Dr. Parsons. Therefore, we shall call it the Alan Parsons Project. Oh my God. <laughs> and it should go to note that for anybody that lived under a rock and didn't know this, Ben Savage is the younger brother to Fred Savage, mm-hmm. who is on The Wonder Years, very mm-hmm. popular show also. And he was... I think the middle child in that show as well. He had, he had an older partner. brother and older he, he, he was the younger. The younger sibling or not? Okay, I couldn't remember. It was it was so a long brothers. time since I've watched Wonder Years. So, just uh, and 
throw that out there in case anybody wanted to know. So. And and he does make an appearance, but we'll get yes, to that later. He does. Uh, the plot uh, originally focused on a kid living next door to his principal, but later it, it evolved into a kid and his friends learning life lessons from his teacher, his friends, and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, uh, writers. Uh, older brother Shiloh I believe that's how you pronounce his name mm-hmm. uh, was considered to play the role of Eric um, Ryder Strong of course uh, Mr. Feeney was based on a mentor of co-creator Michael J- Jacobs originally William Daniels was against the role and threatened to quit claiming he didn't want the role of Mr. Feeney as a parody of teachers so Jacobs rewrote the role for the pilot overnight at his request, uh, which was a, a smart decision. And I'm I'm really glad William Daniels said the show would be the same with that. Amazing character. Yeah, yeah. It, definitely a highlight of any TV series, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, originally, Topanga wasn't meant to be Corey's love interest, but due to their on-screen chemistry, they expanded her role as a main character by season two of the show. Yeah. Also a very smart decision. Uh, conversely, Corey's intelligent rival, Stuart Minkus, was phased out after season one with a brief return for season five's high school graduation finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a popular character, but the writers didn't know how to work him into future episode scenarios now that Corey and Sean and Topanga's chemistry as on-screen friends was solidifying. And I will say that that actor, uh, Stuart Minkus, uh, he was Lee, the only- I think his name is Lee Norris. Yes. yes. He was the only one that got back to me about doing the series, about, about being oh, against this wow. episode. Uh, he he re- very respectfully declined. Uh, and I, I believe he said because he was, he's got a lot of projects going on at the moment, but thanked me for inviting him and wished us the best of luck. So just wanted Shout to, out. at least thank we got that. Yes. We'll so, so thank you for that at, at the very least. Uh, hopefully sometime in the future. Uh, I, I highly doubt he'll hear this, but if you do, thank you. Uh, Jeff Sherman, a writer-producer of the show, felt the need to incorporate serious life issues such as vandalism, child abuse, sexual harassment, underage, drug-slash-alcohol use, death, and even cults to address the darker sides of adolescence needing to be addressed, regardless of the show's comedic nature. Uh, this decision aligns with the trend of many kids shows, especially in the early 90s, having some mix of heartfelt charm and life lessons mixed in to enrich and attract young viewers uh, along with their families, which I think was a stellar decision because it is those episodes that have really stuck with kids and, and learned a lot through these episodes because uh, not everybody had the same life stories and life experiences that uh, these shows were able to portray on screen. And uh, the the last little bit we have for brief, very, very brief history of Boy Meets World, the inclusion of Sean and Angela's interracial relationship was received positively by the majority teen demographic during the show's original run, despite being a rarity at the time. Uh, We've seen this before between Weeds and Mary Beth in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Super Specs episode, along with Pete and Katie in Midnight Madness. So... that's how you know I wrote the notes because I stuck yes. the dark <laughs> reference in there. <laughs> but it is true. Say. There's there there's so few occasions whenever you would see interracial relationships, and it not be played up like a big thing. Uh, it's just 
they they liked each other and that was it that's all you really needed and that was that was really refreshing it's still refreshing uh, because it's still a topic that gets brought up uh, on occasion mm -hmm. definitely i mean i'm in one right now and it, uh mm -hmm. i i can't say that uh you know are you afraid of the dark and boy meets world had at least some influence on that or at least inspiration mm -hmm. Well, since we uh, ended on an Are You Afraid of the Dark tie-in, Brad, give us some of the uh, ties to Nickelodeon with Boy Meets World. Of course. Yeah, and after, you know, combing through all these episodes, I was surprised just how many they were. I thought there was only going to be, like, maybe one or two, or the Nickelodeon magazine was going to be the only tie. Turns out there's a lot more here if you look a little bit closer. Yep. So uh, what I ended up finding out are, you know, the following little tidbits that you might want to go back and see for yourself. Uh, so starting off, you know, uh, this was praised as an identifiable show for kids with a spotlight on Ben Savage back in the September 1995 issue of Nickelodeon magazine, uh, which features a yellow cover and Ben jumping for joy. Uh, I did have that cover, uh, that issue actually, but I, I can't show it here because I gave it away as part of the thousand giveaway. So. Mick, since you now are in possession of that, I hope you enjoy it very much. Well, I've got a <laughs> screenshot of it, so it will be up there. Okay, awesome. Um, here's, here's another fun one for all you Salute Your Shorts fans, and you're, you're going to hear a few Salute Your Shorts references in, in yep. this list. So uh, starting off with uh, Blake Soper slash Blake Sennett, who's Pinsky from Salute Your Shorts, he actually appeared for 16 episodes in seasons 2, 3, and 5 as Joey the Rat, a.k.a. Joseph Epstein, one of Harvey Kiner's lackeys. Yep. So you'll you'll definitely see him around in those seasons as he's, uh, you know, constantly standing opposite of Ethan Suplee as well. Um, originally, Michael Bauer was uh, considered for the role of Frankie Stacchino, but was later passed on for Ethan Suplee, speaking of which, uh, due to his already involvement with Nickelodeon. Uh, and not wanting to mix Nick and Disney kids together. So that's that's interesting, but oops, you already did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you just go whole ham with it? I mean, you're still doing it with all these, uh, some, some production decisions. I don't know how they come up with those conclusions. Yeah, Disney always felt like it didn't want to mix ever. Whereas but it did. <laughs> whereas Nickelodeon, at first, they were trying to establish their own property, but by the mid-90s, they were like, yeah, kids love all this stuff. Bring it all in, which is a really smart decision on Nickelodeon's part. But anyway, more to yeah. that. Yeah, I think it set the trend for um, the, the type of kids kids who watch these shows want to be because mm -hmm. they're, they're more relatable and less like polished as what some people consider Disney kids to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I'm not done quite done yet with Salute Your Shorts references because yep. apparently Heidi Lucas made a cameo appearance as Kim in one episode where she played one of Eric's dates in season two. See if you can find that one. I'm sure if Alex can find the episode name, he'll pull it up with a screenshot right here. Yeah, we'll get it. Um, <laughs> going into Space Cases ter territory, we actually have Rebecca Herbst, uh, who played Susie on Space Cases season two. Uh, play Jill in one episode of Boy Meets World. Coincidentally, both roles occurred during season two of each respective show, so I'm sure that was going on around the time when she needed work. Mm -hmm. um, we also have Natanya Ross, who we know as Robin Russo from Alex Mack. Uh, also, Robin's name from Double Dare, go figure. <laughs> Plays uh, Corey's nerdy date in a season two episode where they go to the dance. As in she gets the makeover? Yes, that one. Mm-hmm. 
also from Alex Mack, we have Larissa Olenek, yes. who plays Dana Pruitt in three episodes, which were, which I noted were season three, episode 15, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, season three, episode 16, Stormy Weather, and season five, episode 15, First Girlfriends Club. And uh, not to be left out in the dust, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, who plays Clarissa from a Clarissa Explains It All, and also plays Sabrina TJ, Sabrina the Teenage Witch as a TJF cross promotion, uh, also made an appearance in season five, episode five, The Witches of Pembroke, yep. which I believe is a Halloween episode. Yeah, it is. Uh, I do want to mention because I, I have an eye for this, I swear, the exact same yellow helmet models seen in season one of Legends of the Hidden Temple are seen in the skydiving scene of season five, episode 12's Raging Cory, when um, go, yeah. Er, yeah, Eric, Cory, and Dad all go out skydiving. And I could tell because it's like the same shape and the ridges on the side covering the ears. Other helmets don't have that if it's not the right Legends helmet. So. I want us to have deep philosophical conversations. <laughs> no! Ah! <laughs> yeah, I, I love that so much. Season five really hit a groove with the it episodes. <laughs> uh, Alexandra 80, who actually played Linda in Pete and Pete's Splashdown episode, also plays Audrey in the library scene of season six, episode nine's Poetic Justice. And of course, finally, I rounded this out with a really good one, which I'm going to try and find a clip of for the credits of this episode because I love it so much. Uh, the season four, episode nine episode quiz show, uh, which features a question about Rocco and Doug answered correctly by Corey during their dumbed down revamp of the high school trivia game show on public access. And I made a personal note that I screamed, screamed with glee when I first watched this because I'm like, ah, I would have done the same thing if I was in his shoes. Ren's the dog, Snippy's the cat, Rocco's a wallaby. And for the bonus points, Honkerburger. Is correct for three million points in the game. And uh, there, there is a couple other uh, Nickelodeon tie-ins uh, as oh, well. Really? Back in uh, 2000, uh, when the series was ending, they, they being Nickelodeon, had their big birthday bash. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a lot of celebrity cameos uh, who would wish Nickelodeon happy birthday and um, Danielle Fischel and uh, Ben Savage together wished Nickelodeon a happy birthday, which I thought was pretty cool, which of course we'll put a clip here. Happy birthday, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. And uh, also on the very short-lived U2U. U2 I was just going to ask about that. <laughs> uh, they had fans submit questions that went to Ben Savage and he answered them uh, through video. So that was that was pretty cool. Beauty you connects kids to kids all over the world. And today we connect you to the boy who meets the world every week. In Boy Meets World, Ben Savage doesn't always have the answers for his tests. And he certainly doesn't have any answers for Topanga. But in Celebrity Online, he has all the answers to your questions. Hi, Ben. Do you play practical jokes in real life? Um, I don't know. Do I play practical? You know, I think every kid in, in his life plays a lot of practical jokes, but I don't do that many. You know, my occasional few practical jokes, but nothing big. Hi, Ben. I get really great grades in school. Do you? I get, well, I get, you know, B's, 
uh, a few A's. No, basically B's and B's. Hi, Ben. Do you wish you had powers like Topanga? Um, Topanga's got some pretty cool powers. I guess, yeah, on a test, I'd want some of her powers because she can, like, contact great math people. You know, like Euclid. There's a good She contacts like, great math people like Euclid, and she gets great answers for tests. So I wish I had an, I wish I had our powers on test. Hey, I play video games. What do you like to do for fun? For fun, uh, I guess I like to play tennis. Um, I like to play basketball. I like to watch TV. Oh, and I love to eat. Ben, I was wondering, now that you're on TV, can you buy anything you want? Can I buy anything? I can't buy anything I want because I don't have any money. Uh, oh, um, see, a lot of kids think you have a lot of money, but it goes into a bank account. So when you act, you get money, but it goes into a bank account for when you're older, for when you're like 21 or 18, then you get it. But for now, just a normal kid. Somehow I don't think Ben is hurting for an allowance. <laughs> and I am sure. I'm sure uh, that Corey and Topanga were at least nominated for something in Kids' Choice Awards at, at, at any given point in the right. 90s. We like to bring out two savages. Two savages. Okay. Ben Savage from Boy Meets World. <laughs> and from the Flintstones movie, Rosie O'Donnell. Hi guys. Well, thanks, Whitney. I am a savage. It's true. Betty Rubble is a savage. And Benny Boy, you're the cutest guy I've ever seen. I'm going to pinch your cheek like that weird ant does that lives in the basement. I swear, I'm going to pinch your cheek, Benny. All right, but if you do, we're going to have you do that Betty Rubble giggle. I mean, I'm sure you won't mind doing that for the eight millionth time. Well, for you, Ben, all right. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. To present the next award, here's Tia and Tamara Maori, your 1995 Kids' Choice Award TV Actors winner, and helping them out is Ryan Strong from Boy Meets World. <laughs> now this is good. Yeah, we're into the triplet thing now. Definitely. He just needs a little makeup and to lose 30 pounds. And those hairs on his legs got some off. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> it's been fun, but poof, you're twins again. <laughs> All right, so let's hear it for the super pirate Larissa Olenek from the secret world of Alex Mack and Ben Savage and Ryder Strong for Boy Meets World. Hey, Ben, what's that? Well, it seems Larissa's morphed herself into water for tonight's show. Larissa, we are going to present the award for favorite movie. I'm going to put you on the podium. Um, why are you guys talking to my water glass? I wasn't talking to it. Ben was. Me talking to a water glass? Come on, get real. 
Peter present the blimp for favorite female athlete are the stars of Boy Meets World, Ben Savage and Danielle Fischel. guys back off guys i was on the uh, mini golf pro circuit so yeah. watch out okay all right but we're playing the kids choice now so hurry up and put what shush i'm trying to get jiggy with it here hold on let's check out the nominees okay for real how does helping make you feel happy glad Good. Good. Proud. Like I'm not just another face in the crowd. Important. Powerful. Lucky. Great. Like I could put more than my own weight. Mm-hmm. you make you feel good deep down to your soul. In control. Part of a greater whole. When you help with your friends, it's totally fun. You feel good looking back on the stuff that you've done. Helping makes you feel... Strong. Connected. Like I count. Effective. Helping makes me feel warm inside. You feel better about yourself because you try. The opposite of selfish. Total pride. Helping's all right. It's not boring like some things can be. It's like I carry it around inside of me. But hey, everyone's different. How will it make you feel? You gotta see for yourself to know for real. Good, really, really good. Uh, but I think that's all the other tie-ins that I can think of for Nickelodeon. Um, obviously we, we do have um, Eric, um, who was played by, um, I can't think of his name right now. Who is Will Friedle. Thank Will you. Friedle. He was in what episode, Brett? Uh, the Tale of the Long Ago Locket from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Season the four, episode, I think, three? It, it depends. The production order is a little wonky. But he was definitely in that episode as, as the main character kid who had to stop the Redcoats from another era uh, from stealing his girlfriend <laughs> and helping that spy. He also did some work on Don't Just Sit There in the 80s for Nickelodeon. Welcome back. And we're here with Weird Al Yankovic and our surprise visitor, Michael Richards. Oh, when'd you get here? <laughs> Thanks, I, oh, my heart. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Just got in from outer space. But uh, the series as a whole for Boy Meets World, it ended being canceled due to waning ratings with each subsequent season. And by 2000, ABC was losing their target demographic, mostly because they were growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that's and then that's why they started resyndicating it over in Fox, uh, which was Fox Family. And then, uh, then they switched to... What was the next thing? ABC yeah. Family. Yeah, yeah, they switched to and ABC then, Family. And now it's Freeform. Yeah. I don't think it's been aired on Freeform. And then they aired on Nickelodeon. Not Nickelodeon. Disney, uh, Disney for a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll we'll talk about some of the things that Disney did with the episodes when we get to the controversy portion. But uh, then Girl Meets World hit the scene. And I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this, Brett, because I think your opinion is going to be slightly different than Megan and I, but... Probably. <laughs> Girl Meets World reboot. Uh, it premiered on June 27th, 2014. Were you excited about the Girl Meets World? Ecstatic. <laughs> Mainly because because I thought, first of all, if you're going to do a reboot or a spinoff from a show, you have to have some of the original cast members. Yeah, back. otherwise it, first it won't question, hold the candle. Yeah, I was like, are they going to have them back? And the first thing that was said was that Ben Savage and Daniel Official had said that they were coming back. So I was like, yes, okay, 
I mean, that's a, that's a start. And then it's like, who all can they get from the original show to come back? And I think with the exception of one cast member, main cast member, they got everybody from the uh, previous I, show. I wonder why. Oh, hey, well, we'll get to we'll that. We'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> but, but uh, go. I mean, you can't beat that. That's just pretty yeah. awesome. That's so. Really- so she was excited, and I was excited. Uh, two adults were excited about a kid's show on Disney Channel. It was the n- most latest, most recent show that came out for kids that we have been actively excited to watch. Same. More but uh, it uh, it came out June 27, 2014, ran for three seasons, 72 episodes, until its final episode in January twentieth, 2017. Uh, it was created for modern generation with a different perspective, which is to be expected. Uh, it was uh, developed in November 2012 and was greenlit for production in June 17, 2013 for Disney Channel as opposed to TGIF, because that's not a thing anymore, unfortunately. Uh, it, the show continues where Boy Meets World had left off, but it was focusing on Corey and Topanga's daughter, Riley, and her friend Maya as they navigate the challenges of adolescence in the mid-late 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, some life lessons, such as gratitude, bullying, and respect, are incorporated into the episode plots, oftentimes driven home by returning Boy Meets World cast alumni, which we really appreciated. Uh, Halloween and Christmas specials make a return with a horror anthology series occurring once uh, once a season as Girl Meets World of Terror 1, 2, and 3, respectively. Uh, it was canceled since the series characters uh, aged out of their target demographic, according to Wikipedia. Wow, it's because Disney has a like three to five season yeah. rule, yeah. and they cut them off regardless. Yeah, because uh, they've done that to a lot of their shows. Well, yeah, almost and all their shows. They, and you can't tell me that it, ratings were bad because they weren't. They were great. I mean, yeah, we were I'm actually sure they trying were kept to get going. The, they had a petition going to try to save it um, to get it on like Netflix or you know another streaming service and it didn't unfortunately pan out but they yeah. tried yeah. really hard uh we do have an episode where eric uh, shows up again to mediate a fight between riley and maya and sean shows up for uh, christmas along with Corey's younger brother and his parents Gee, Corey, thought you'd be more excited to see me. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> I told you he was real. Well, before we go into, because w- when we get to talking about quotes and uh, and favorite moments and episodes, notable things, we'll be on Boy Meets World for a while. So while we're on the topic of Girl Meets World. I'm going to start with Brett, uh, because you'll probably have the more hot take out of the three of us. What did you think of Girl Meets World from the, would you say it was the first season and a few? Yeah, I've seen the first season and a couple of episodes from season two. Unfortunately, I I couldn't finish in time because season two is like 30 episodes long. (laughs) I didn't know how much I wanted to commit by that point for this. (laughs) But uh, I I, I met it with some resistance. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of an old geezer get off my lawn kind of person when it comes to shows made after 2010. I don't know if that's just me being part hipster or not, but 
Um, you know, I was like, oh, this is not as good as the original, but I, I gave it a few episodes, watched it with my wife, of course. And uh, once I, I let my my prejudgments kind of fall to this wayside, I, I enjoyed it. it. It obviously doesn't have the same feeling as the 90s one. Obviously, you can't replicate that in another era. It doesn't matter how hard you try. But it comes pretty darn close with the way they handled the cast of characters with Riley and Maya still going through similar situations that Corey and Sean did. I like how Corey uh, kind of takes the, the Feeny teacher mentor role um, in his own little way. Uh, although I think Feeny has more of like an astute presence, whereas Corey has more like down to earth approach, which I appreciate. Um, I, I, I actually like Farkle, who's uh, Minkus' yes. <laughs> son slash replacement, even though he doesn't have the goofy glasses and quite is, he's not quite as nerdy, but he's more like a, a modern cool nerdy that blends in more, that has a little sense of style. But I, I appreciate his character. He's a lot of fun. And I think a lot of nerdy kids can relate to him. I want to point um, out about Fargo real quick that you probably hadn't got to, but they actually do an episode with him where he talks about him having autism. He realizes oh. he has that. He, he actually, has, uh, I, I think I did see that he one. Autism, right? He had Asperger's. Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. Autism, yeah, because um, Harvey Kiner's character, uh, person, mm -hmm. that guy, he came yeah. back as a janitor and had yes. a discussion with him out because I think he was hiding in his janitor's closet for being picked on for that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, continue. But yeah, I thought that was, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I like, I mean, aside from the fact that I can't skip the intro fully on Disney Plus because it like <laughs> continues 10 seconds afterwards, which, you know, it's it's typical overly polished, perfect Disney-esque type intro. It's fine, whatever. Um, I, I, I enjoy the heart of the content here. I enjoyed their relationship. I think in a strange way, uh, Riley and Maya emulate Corey and Sean really, really well for being I female. Um, I don't I don't really feel as connection to the school as a whole, like outside of the main cast of characters, but that's that's mm -hmm. OK. Same with um, the was it like a deli place that Topanga bought, which is serving yeah. as their local hangout. I think that's fine, but uh, doesn't quite feel as like relatable as the hangout. Uh, I think it's called Chubby's in Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's good overall. I I, I got a few chuckles out of the Halloween special and how Augie was like narrating it like it was a Twilight Zone anthology, <laughs> especially with the monster in the bed that kind of looked like him. Um, and I'm looking forward to see more of the series and finishing it. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say season, that. Season two and three have some really great. I mean, Alex and I had to stop because we were laughing so hard yeah. of, and uh, it is because of a ri original cast member oh yeah but yeah it it makes it so worth it i mean and, we we chuckled quite a few times at the new cast mm -hmm. but the chemistry for the old cast is still yeah. it's all yeah. still there and it made us belly laugh but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute yeah uh what are your thoughts of girl meets world um, I would have loved to have seen more. I actually would have loved to have seen what Riley would have become graduating and mm. and Maya. I would have liked to. Uh, the biggest thing for me was would Maya and Josh have gotten together because there was chemistry between them. He obviously had feelings for her, but because she was younger than him, and yes, because technically he was eighteen and she was only fifteen, he had. And I'm like, thank you, boundaries. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, it the chemistry is there, and in season three, they actually go back to the lodge that mm. they went to in the episode with Corey and the other girl, nice. and that they kind of sort out some feelings between. There's a love triangle that develops mm-hmm. between Maya and Riley and. The really cute kid. I can't think of his name. <laughs> it's like I heard that was Riley's boyfriend, but I cannot think of his name. Boy, hun? No, no, it wasn't boy. I'll think of it. Her, her. That's what she always go. Her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I would have loved to have seen what more would have developed. I, uh, I don't really want. To, I hate to spoil some stuff for you, but because you're still watching it. But uh, Sean, okay, do it for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> Huge things happened for Sean in yes. the show, and I yes. would have liked to have seen what would have happened with him and his like beautiful good um, things for Sean. Some his other half that he gets in this season and this show, and I won't say who because I'll let you get to that when you get to see who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I would have loved to have just seen there were some good things developing, and it was really starting to take off. It was it was kind of like when Boy Meets World hit in like season three it was really taken off well this is what it was doing this was doing yeah. the exact same thing they had just hit high school they were really getting their stride going it was getting stride and then disney went mm, sorry and smacked them out of the way oh it, it's such a shame because yeah. i really think they could have done some good stuff done the serious topics that's why people when the fans were hoping to get it to like another streaming device because then they really could have kind of pushed a little bit more with the the some of the more serious stuff content, yeah. right because you know, yeah. disney had to be disney so and uh, a criticism that i've heard a lot is uh either the new cast was just okay or there was an over-reliance on the original cast which took away from the old cast. And th- those are the two criticisms I've heard the most. And I disagree uh, because I really feel like you had to have that strong reliance of the original cast because this really was a show for parents and children. Yeah. Because uh, Boy Meets World was for kids that grew up with the time. And now this was a show that was two complete different uh, age demographics, but they're able to meet on the same ground, and which really gave a very rare opportunity for kids and adults to be able to watch something together and be able to engage in conversation on an intellectual level for both parties. And I really respect the show for that. Um, And also it uh, served as an interest for kids to go back and watch Boy Meets World now that they get to see some of these little clips of experiencing that Mm -hmm. show now. So it just, you know, repeats and carried on the tradition but i absolutely loved girl meets world not as much as boy meets world obviously oh, yeah. there, there yeah. is there is no writing wise boy meets world is much better yes I, that's where i would say because I, I don't think it's anything on the cast no i felt like the cast was perfect it was well casted and uh, i feel like they did a great job with what they had but i think it was just because you had disney writers compared to when you had tjf writers so yeah but uh huge contrast they they had almost like megan said almost every major player from the previous uh series came onto this episode came onto the show uh we even had plays with squirrels make another appearance which was really great mm-hmm. um angela came back for 
at least one episode. Uh, but um, there, there were about two. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. There were two <laughs> instances that just obviously you see how it affects me. Uh, but there was one where they were trying to get Sean to leave his little cabin out in the middle of the mountains to come back. Uh, because there was some really, like we had said, there was some big developments, but Sean didn't want to. And he had been commenting about how he he doesn't feel the same way he used to. He, he doesn't feel like himself. And he, he's trying to really isolate what this is. Why am I acting like this? I mean, there's a, bo there, there's a box of sugar cookies on the table. I don't even like sugar cookies. Uh, I'm Or no, butter cookies. And uh, and then I've got all these clothes. These aren't even my clothes. What, who do I look like? And then Corey enters the room. Well, I came all this way. And thank you for that. And now there's this. Ah! Yes? You destroyed me! How so? You turned me into you? That's crazy. No, 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 that's not crazy. This is crazy! Ah! Oh. oh, butter cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would break for food too if I was in his situation. Oh my god, I don't like these things. Uh, but it might have been the same episode. Uh, because is this Girl Meets World? Yes, yes. this is Girl Meets okay. World. Uh, because there was also one where no, it wasn't the same episode. Corey shows up uh, in a in a frenzy. Uh, no, Sean shows up in a frenzy because Corey had told him there was an emergency, and so he burst into the room, freaking out that somebody was hurt. Sean, he's fine. Everybody's fine. No, he he's not fine. He called me over here, said it was a matter of life or death. He's not fine. I had to make sure you'd come. <laughs> Nobody bye-bye. Everybody whoop-de-woo. And that just, that takes me down every single time. <laughs> because that was pure Sean and Corey that we hadn't really got to that see very crazy. much of. But, oh my gosh, it gets Sorry. me every time. I, I We had to stop because it was on DVR. We had to pause it because I couldn't catch my breath for the longest time after that. But um, I will say uh, for anyone who, because this is for our main our main timeline, so I am going to get, give a bit of a disclaimer because there are probably some who don't know and and are wondering. So if, if you don't want to hear adult content for a moment, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to say anything inappropriate, but kind of the content is, uh, you feel free to skip ahead about 30 seconds. But uh, about the only cast member who does not make an appearance in the show is the actress who played Rachel. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, and Brett knows where I'm going with this. Uh, she, uh, uh, I had started to look for all contact information to reach out to people, and then I saw uh, the in order to contact her, I had to contact another little agency, and I was like, this doesn't sound uh, the, the very family friendly. She is now in adult uh, entertainment. Uh, we'll 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 place it. She says it's very liberating. Yeah, she did. She wrote a book about how being in this particular industry has been more liberating for her than being in Hollywood. Uh, so 
She's quite. She's very content where she is right now. Oh, I'm sure that. she is. I'm, there's, <laughs> there's probably why she's not been on Girl Meets World and probably won't be on the podcast as well. Uh, not ours, but the podcast that they are doing. Uh, so we're going to leave that alone now. And we're going to step away from Girl Meets World now. We've talked about that enough because we want to get back to Boy Meets World territory. Uh, there were quite a few controversies since we're on the subject of uh, a little risque things. Uh, Brett, do you want to address the controversy topic? I'll, I'll do my best. I don't know much about most of these. I just noted them well, while I, I watched it. I can fill it. you in. Yeah, Me- Megan, Megan can fill yeah. you in. I mean, this is one that stuck out me from the get-go because she was so gosh darn cute and then she turned into my cousin Kate all of a sudden when she got replaced. Um, What the heck happened to Morgan's actress and her being changed out? I think I read that she just, I think she didn't want to act anymore, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to, it's on IMDb because I talk about it, but I could have sworn that that she didn't want to continue on like she chose to leave um and then they replaced her with the girl from tower of terror because <laughs> she is in tower of terror by the way it's a shame because i thought she was so cute room. and sassy like the olsen twins she was. In season one <laughs> i mean all i was she's eating that cereal and all she's eating is the sugar pieces and she goes i've been up since six o'clock <laughs> i've been up since six o'clock yeah, it's like it that would be Jensen when he gets on with the dog. That's he's, me now. He's gonna be like, oh, yeah. That was me the other day whenever he kept waking up coughing. I've been up since three o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think that the main reason I believe she just I think she was wanting to depart from the show and just I don't think she did any more acting after that or did a lot, gotcha. but she she did come back for the. Uh, like the final two episodes of Girl Meets World, they actually oh, brought nice. in both actresses who wow. played. Wow! So oh, I'm looking really forward cool. to that. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought that was. Awesome. I didn't see her for the Christmas special when I saw Sean come back, mm-hmm. and I was disappointed. Like, where you got to have the whole family there, not nine tenths of it. Yeah, but she does. She does come back in uh, toward the finale of the series. So. Uh, I do want to address the continuity errors with Topanga's parents because she has like three different actors. <laughs> yeah. And one don't of them looks why. like John Ritter. <laughs> that, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Uh, I don't know if it was just timing schedule conflicts is probably what I would have had to have guessed. No, I can I can address that for you. Please do. Uh, Oh, did you look it up? No, uh, just because I, this, I'm I'm an intelligent person, I can tell what they oh, were doing. Right. No, uh, because whenever they were first doing the the series, Topanga was very much the. How can I say this and not sound like a complete jerk? Uh, they were trying to have her be more alternative, uh, more of the yeah. hipster, uh, the hippie, um, like, yeah, new yeah. age. Uh, so her parents needed to reflect that. Uh, so they they looked and behaved more like that, and one of them is a celebrity guest who we'll get to in a yes, bit. Yes, I was about to say, are you going to tell who the dad was? But then later, as the season progressed, could you imagine whenever it got to the divorce, those two being the two to get a divorce? The, as as much of the hipster as they went for the first season, by by the later seasons, she really lost a lot of that particular identity where she, I mean she still had that inclusive nature but far less 
extreme with the hipster type. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the parents had to reflect that as well. Uh, so and I, I, I do like how they made a nod to it real quick in Girl Meets World, where she was like looking at herself in the mirror, and we saw her with the crimped hair, like mm-hmm. season one. Mm-hmm. It was a fun callback. Yeah. That was. And also, I think uh, another part of it may have been they weren't able to get the celebrity guests that they had last time. But also, I think it was more just a, do we want to try to reach out to this again, or do we really need to go with this more current vibe that yeah. we're doing with these characters? Uh, I think that was probably more to to the other side. But That makes sense. Uh, but this next bit, <laughs> I, I'm sure we're all dying to know. Uh, what happened to Eric? Was there something in the water he was drinking that turned him into a complete moron uh, each season? Because he started up like a normal older brother who would give yeah. decent advice. But it's like each season you can just see the slow decline of him just getting more erratic. And just oh, I, I don't even know how to explain it. He's just the the comic relief bumbling buffoon. And yeah, although I, I do find some sort of weird satisfaction when he shouts, Feeny! <laughs> How could you not be here? Mr. Feeny? Mr. Feeny! Mr. Feeny? Mr. Feeny? Mr. Feeny! Mr. Feeny! Oh, come admit you love the Feeny call. Now I have a feeling we're not gonna be together that much longer, so you've gotta admit it before it's too late. Mr. Feeny! Dude! Feeny! Feeny! Ooh, that was a new one. Feeny, you here, sit down. Feeny. I said, Feeny! Come on, George Feeny, don't act like you don't know me. Feeny! Eric! Feeny? Feeny's in love with who? Feeny? I love the Feeney call. Feeney! Feeney! Oh, I can't do it anymore. Dude, let's go. Okay, let's go. I do like that they do some episodes though, like where he is actually very smart if he tries and works mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Because he is, and he has his heart is so pure and that and i like that they talk about that in several mm-hmm. in later episodes like that uh matt lawrence's character on brain farting you know jake had, yes had yeah. no um uh, it's the roommate guy yeah it's sean's brother but half brother but anyway uh, you know they did that episode where he was working in the, the shop there in the college and he gives that money away and they talk about you know how he is. I mean, how much heart he has. He cares about people, and that's his strength. That is his strength. So um, I'm glad that they tried to... Jack. Jack, that's it. I knew it was a J word. Yeah. You're close. <laughs> so, but yeah. 
<laughs> he did get copied. <laughs> he thought niche was niece and <laughs> or I thought, hey, Mr. Beanie, I found my niece. <laughs> there she is in Girl Meets World. <laughs> they say, Alan, we don't want to uh, talk about his F U T U R E right now. Oh, don't worry, Mom. You don't need to worry about my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of good moments. Good looking guy as well. I finally understood where that reference was after we did the James <laughs> Bond episode after all this time. Check it out. When a crime breaks out. Well, if any anyone else wants to chime in uh, in podcast land or on YouTube about uh, Eric's uh, theory, theory on being dumbed down, definitely let us know in the comments somehow because uh, we want to hear from you, especially the Boy Meets World diehards who, who love fabricating theories and, and timelines and all this crazy stuff about it. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're, just, um, we're just humble fans entering a very, very intense fandom here, so... Please invite us. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess we're going to talk about Fred Savage episode because it is a little uh, bit controversial. So I'll, I'll let Megan take the stage with this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ben's brother, Fred, gets to guest star an episode as a college professor. Um, he's a very cool, hip. Everyone likes him. He everyone he wants him to call him by his first name. You don't have to call him Mr. Professor this or Mr. This. Um, he's he's like one of them. He relates to them. He's cool. Everyone loves him. Well, he starts to develop a thing for Topanga, and he oversteps his boundaries as a professor and tries to make a move on her. I'm sitting here with you, for example, right? Yeah. I'm your teacher. And I find you attractive. But we're talking about the assignment. Now, have we crossed a line? I don't think so, no. I'm your teacher, and I think you're attractive. And now we're not talking about the paper. Have we crossed a line? Corey, when he confronts him about it, you know, tells him, he he pretty much tells Corey that there ain't anything he can do to stop him from wherever he's going to go after he's going to go after her. And as a typical boyfriend, I feel like would do, and especially like Alex would probably do it too. He, he, he hit him and he knocked him out and I, I totally had mad respect for him. I was like, well, good. He deserved it. He went, um, he went full Will Smith. And, um, but yeah, it, it was, <laughs> stop him. He was not Chris Rock. But <laughs> <laughs> That was a greatest night in the history of television. But uh, yes, we have to go to a board to uh, in front of the board and the dean of the college to talk about it. And hopefully, Corey doesn't get expelled from college for hitting a professor. But um, I'm glad they resolved it. And you know, because that is something we have seen happen in reality that. Teachers have overstepped their boundaries with students yep. and done inappropriate things, and that was. And see, speaking from experience, uh, because even though, even though I've not, thankfully had uh, then opportunity. Well, not an opportunity, but haven't done anything inappropriate with children because 
I love kids and I don't ever want to be even remotely put into that kind of a situation Mm -hmm. where it could even be interpreted that that could happen. You've got to be very smart with that kind of thing because people are, people are twisted and they will look for something. But uh, even just being an adult, an adult male who teaches children, uh, especially in church, I get a lot of looks uh, Mm -hmm. and I have been told by several parents after they've gotten to really know me and hear the things that I've been teaching and see the relationship I have with their children, then they would come to me and tell me, when I first saw you, I wasn't too sure if I wanted my kids to be taught by you. And I was thinking, there's no way this guy can love my kid this much and there'd be something inappropriate or no, there's got to be something going on. But after I've been here for this many months and, and really seen how... You no, I couldn't. I can't imagine anyone teaching my kid now except you, and you know that really means a lot to me. But it's also very frustrating that because this happens so often in society, that now whenever they see just me teaching kids, that's the first thought they go to. And I, and, you know, innocent, uh, guilty until proven innocent, and that's so incredibly frustrating. Uh, but I can't say that it's not warranted, but I do love the fact that this show uh, really takes that subject and isn't, it doesn't go too far because it could have gone really, really far with that, but it, it just enough, just enough to make you feel uncomfortable. Corey should have handled it differently. And of course the Fred Savage's teacher shouldn't have even done that at all. And I really love what the Dean said about this is a teacher Stuart I'm not sure what you are funny funny because I think they're married in real life and they do mm-hmm. get together yes, in, in the later seasons they so yeah a little bit of uh, serendipity going on there <laughs> and it's kind of funny well not really fun. it isn't funny but it's strange that he he played this character in this episode because I know recently there's been some controversy with Fred Savage and things that happened on the set of the, I guess, the revamped uh, Wonder Years. There's oh, I didn't realize they were re- rebooting it. They did. Yeah, yeah it's it. it's currently and he, running. I think he's directing or he wrote a direct, because he, he does a lot of directing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some accusations and stuff made. I don't know if they're true. She'd never know. But yeah. it's Hollywood. You never know. You know. Unfortunately, it's affected him. So I don't know what's become of it lately. So I haven't heard anymore. But there was um, some things in the media about that. So yeah, you were um, you gotta say you were nicer as a kid. I don't know, but all around it was a great episode, and I love that they, mm-hmm. especially the what it drove home at the end of it, you know about what it means to be a good teacher what yeah how. and just understanding boundaries with people and certain roles of power too yes yeah absolutely well uh moving on from that i want to talk a little bit about mr turner's disappearance because he was a he was a character that many people have come to beloved for the like mm-hmm. season two season five somewhere around that area where it mm-hmm. started to feel more like a high school with boy meets world um i do remember he was like in a hospital after a bike accident and being very touched and moved and very sad for him because i didn't know if he was gonna just die then and there but they don't really address 
what happened to him after that, whether he lived or went on or what. So if anyone has any answers on that, let us know. I don't remember what they said happened. They actually mention him in season six, like he's down the hall. So his like he's still there teaching. So uh, they mention it, I think, in like one of the first couple episodes when they when, and when they become seniors, they move into a different hallway of the high school because mm-hmm. it's like a new set. Right. And um, they, I think there was mention in like the first episode, they're like, well, you know, down the hall in Mr. Turner's class. So mm-hmm. there was mention that he was there. Um, so that I knew that he lived, and then of course he does come back in Girl Meets World. I was about to say we, he does. I'm come looking back forward to that. I didn't get there yet. <laughs> so yes, so there you go. So we do get to see him and what he's been up to, and, um, and I think they even make a joke about where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even better. <laughs> and just the the whole moment was made with him and Sean reuniting in Girl Meets World. Oh, I'm really glad they they treat that relationship with respect because i i appreciate mr turning to like taking sean under his wing when he's going through a real rough patch especially with his parents not being there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that whole episode was a uh, very huge another very uh teaching moment because it was dealing with sean being involved in a cult um and that they are very much real and still around Mm-hmm. Um, and what you know that whole moment there and, and that was like the first time too that we really saw him actually pray a little bit he prayed you know to God to save him to save you know um, his, Turner so and one of his most vulnerable moments too we've never really seen yeah. Sean get that vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was a big moment and, and very heartfelt so uh, and pretty much saved him um, this one bugged me out of probably all the controversies that I managed to find throughout the series, even though it was brief. But uh, <laughs> you remember that time when Harvey Kiner's actor was replaced by another actor that looked yes. nothing like him, but they nothing. tried to pass it off like it wasn't even a big deal for uh-huh. one episode. But it stuck out like such a sore thumb. What 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 is going on there? <laughs> oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so Harvey Kiner apparently the character was like sent away to like a some kind of military reform thing. So then this other character, um, and I can't think of his character name right now, but he was very suave and smooth. Came in as like the filler Harvey character. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, that. They, I guess, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the actor was not going to be available for a little bit, so they needed to fill that kind of that character role in. And then he does, Harvey does come back. I think later on, um, he does end up he coming did. back. So, but yeah, <laughs> completely nothing like Harvey. But he was just he was the cool kid. But he could just snap his finger and everything just ran into place for him. So. Yeah. <laughs> He, he did have a certain greaser charm to him that reminded me yeah. of like John Travolta's character in Greece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they did bring him back. And of course, we did see Harvey come back in Girl Meets World as well. So it was good to see him back and the same actor who played him. So. And then, of course, Corey and Topanga's marriage, we talked about a bit because um, I don't think it's often, if ever, you see like 
such a young couple get married on TV. Mm -hmm. So that was a big deal at the time. Like they even showed the the whole wedding and everything and them trying to elope and do like a shotgun wedding, but you know, that didn't work out and you know, inviting all the audience members there as if they were part of it. It was a very very impactful series of episodes because it, it just makes you think about the course of your life too if you've ever gotten married. Now that that controversy is out of the way, um, let's talk about some celebrity cameos that we spotted yes. on the way. Um, starting off with Vader the wrestler. I honestly yes. didn't know he was a real wrestler until I looked it up after watching this show, but yeah, he, he's known for his role and Please help me out. I don't know anything about wrestling. I know nothing about wrestling, but but your family. I guess he was the. Uh, your family was big w into wrestling. Do well, you? It wasn't WWE yet. I don't think. I don't remember what they used to call it, but. WCW, WWF. There was WCW, WWF, yes. Um, but yeah, he was. T R A S H. He was huge, huge wrestler. My my dad remembers him very much. I think I mentioned him to dad, and he always did that. Yeah. Even even to Feeney when he like came in in his suit. Put the Matthews boy down. Come over here and say that. Set him down now. Feeney, mm. you can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm not one of your punk students. I'm the face of death. <laughs> it was scarier when you had acne. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having having him as um, Joyce Dequino's father seemed very fitting somehow in a strange way. And I really liked the episode where Oh, no, sorry, sorry, Frankie. Sorry, I'm getting Joey the Rat and Frankie Stacchino mashed into one person in my mind because uh, they're always together. But yeah, I, I think their dynamic is very suitable uh, together, the Stacchinos. And I really appreciate the episode where Frankie actually goes to see his father fight in mm -hmm. the ring and be there to support him. And then afterwards, uh, according to Panga, have a very lovely dance on the on the ring mm -hmm. together. WWE was what he was on. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a that the one with the where they had the wrestling match and when Corey was on the wrestling team yeah. or something. Uh, that episode, I think that was the first episode he appeared. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. When they're doing like wrestling tryouts in the school gym, I remember that because he had to face him as an opponent. He was totally petrified. Yeah. There was a lot of huge celebrity guests in that that episode alone. Mm. Uh, Yasmin Bleeth was in it from Baywatch. Very, ah. yeah, beautiful woman. <laughs> I haven't got to her season yet on Baywatch. I've been reading. She's been rewatching Baywatch. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, check this out. Baywatch is on. I it, it actually. Do you know what I found today? I was going through old '90s Nickelodeon commercials, and I found Barbie Baywatch. Really? Yes. Baywatch Barbie looks out to sea. Hurry! 
watch Barbie doll and her dolphin do not move by themselves, but you can make the dolphin talk. Friend doll's not included. I mean, capitalizing on the trend when I put two and two together. Uh, Does she run in slow motion? Does she have slow motion? No, but she has you? a dolphin friend that you can make talk. Is it Flipper? <laughs> it might That's as the well only be. dolphin friend I want. Then the category. Oh, what a surprise. The lifeguards of Baywatch. <laughs> I haven't. Pamela Anderson plays sexy lifeguard CJ Parker. Sexy lifeguard CJ Parker is correct. Well, celebrity cameos going along with the, the wrestling ones. Actually, Mankind shows up from Mankind. WWF. Yep. You know, in, in his complete getup. Uh, I don't remember what episode he was in, but he was he was totally uh, in his wrestler character when he was interacting with the characters. Maybe later in, season, right? Yeah, yeah they were maybe in, in the college. Yeah, ones. they were in college. So it was season six when he appeared. Because um, yeah, I remember him with Hello. the, the sock. <laughs> yes, yeah, Mr. Sako. <laughs> <laughs> That's like oh, his yeah. finishing move. Yep. A couple of others worth mentioning are uh, Elaine's boss, Mr. Peterman from Seinfeld, who's played by Cal Kilbright. He was the weatherman when um, Eric went to go intern as a weatherman. Uh, Jason Marsden, of course, which was Eric Matthews' like sidekick friend for a while. Yeah. Uh, I believe he did the voice of Max Goof in a Goofy yes. movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Among many other roles I'm sure you know for Oh, uh, this one, this one stuck out to me a lot too because he's also the voice of Ernie Potts, uh, the construction wrecking ball guy on Hey Arnold is Dom Irera. I also know him as as a stand up comic in the '90s and made frequent guest appearances on Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist. Uh, he he was the hairdressing guy when uh, Corey wanted to get his hair cut and wasn't sure about his look, and he helped like oh, make yes. it real fancy. And also, I think he cut Topanga's hair in that episode, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a big episode. And uh, A lot of celebrities I can name off that we... Go for it. There are uh, three that I knew very quickly once they showed up. Because I, as a kid, and still am, a big fan of The Monkees, mm-hmm. which uh, Brett and I had talked about previously as a guest for 90s Noise podcast. But uh, three of the four band members made a guest appearance yeah. on... Boy Meets World. Uh, former band with Alan. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Peter Tork was one of them. That yes. was Topanga's father, the the hippie father. Yep. Uh, Davy Jones made yep. an appearance, and Mickey Dolenz, the only member. Oh, yes. yes no. The only one that didn't make an appearance was Mike Nesmith. Yeah. But um, he still was doing a lot of stuff at the time. I don't know why he didn't do Boy Meets World, but mm-hmm. they, they had three of the four. Anyone okay. that you can think of that we haven't. Candace Cameron Bure was in an episode where she was like a dark witch, which is strange because she's a very big, strong, conservative Christian. Like well, now. now. She probably wasn't there. Well, no, she I was. And same with Melissa Joan Hart, too. And mm-hmm. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart, too. But they were in the same episode, actually. Yep. Um, so that was fun. Another Full House alum, um, which is strange cause, and also funny because Topanga, Daniel Fischel, guest starred on Full House as well. Mm-hmm. So... Crossover. Same time, around the same time frame. They did the episode where Corey went back in time in like the fifties, and they had like the cast, some of the cast from Happy Days on there. The yeah, dad. Tom Bosley was there. Yes, I was like, oh yeah, and they had some of the actors from The Love Boat were on yep. the, on as well. Um, so some great like cameos from, especially from older TV. It was good to see some of those on there. 
since since we were mentioning some some more interesting episodes of the series while we were talking about cameos, um, we might as well just mention what are some of our personal favorite moments of the series. Could be from episodes or just certain characters interacting or anything that sticks out in your head. Friends don't let friends miss a moment of TGIF. Stay here, we'll be right back. He'll be riding in from Bluffington with four lone hairs and underwears. Outside his jeans. He's aiming for new territory. He's Doug Funny. Right on the money. Doug. Doug Funny the Kid. A Nicktoon. A buckaroo. His posse's all brand new. New friends, new foes, new trouble. Sunday at 10, 9 central. He'll be blazing new trails at the place where kids prevail. Right here where I belong. On Nick. We may have had a retrospective already, but there is still plenty more to talk about concerning the cult show Space Cases. We are joined by Space Cases and Splat Attack fan Catherine Jersey and Davenport herself, Carrie Lawrence, to review every episode of the first season of Space Cases. You will only find this episode on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash splatattack to get access to this episode, as well as a backlog of our exclusive episodes, live streams, and more. While you're here, please take the time to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. These simple acts on your part help others to find our content who miss the old school Nick days. Thank you all for your support, and I will see you aboard the Krista. Uh, okay, there are so many good moments, so many. But some of the bullet points that I'm I'm just gonna like, ramble yeah. off real fast because I don't want to do a whole bunch of them uh, or go into detail. But uh, the the one that's making me laugh the most is the episode where they were having uh, uh, Eric was trying to constantly scare or attack Topanga for beating him in the in the the wrestling the wrestling match. match. And uh, and uh, he was talking to Angela's father and was talking about Topanga over there, but didn't say didn't want to say her name. So he goes, I learned that when a girl beats you up and I'm not going to use any names. Oh, was that the same episode where he's like hiding in the couch with the dramatic? Yes, Yes. it is three o'clock in the morning and you're crushing Eric. I'm only asking because it's three. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> oh, I so nailed it. I would have gotten you if it wasn't for. <laughs> I would have gotten you if it wasn't for them. Let's take it from that one. <laughs> Which line? What we can do line by line? <laughs> Crushing Eric. Get 
obviously the James Bond uh, thing is going to be big for me. Uh, but I also really loved uh, in the first season whenever they were talking about how dad does how how does dad do all this? I don't know how he does it. Who? Dad. Twelve hour days. Never sits. Eats his lunch standing up. Never takes a break. It's like he's not human. It's like he's something. It's like he's Superman. Huh? Superman's my dad. I lo- I absolutely loved that. I also really loved how we saw uh, the mom break down how she was not ready for her kids to get married. Uh, they're too young. They're not married. And then changed her tone and said, I'm not ready. I really loved that. Yeah, that was powerful. I did really want to yell at our wedding. Get him to Penga! But obviously I didn't. Uh, Yes, uh, and I also loved the uh, the poetry corner and everything, uh, everything, all of Corey's horrible poets uh, poet uh, poems, and uh, them singing karaoke. Uh, oh, I was gonna bring up karaoke. War. That's one of my favorites. And there's plenty others, Such but a those little love song between us. War. <laughs> so many other great moments, but I'll I'll digress and move on. Uh, actually, Brad, I want to go to you first because I feel like I'd have more to say. So, yeah, can. I mean, I, I got a lot of moments. I I might as well just blend these with my notable episodes because they're pretty much one and the same. Um, out, out of all of them, this one always comes to my mind first, probably because I I'm not on a honeymoon yet, but we're working on it. Is uh, the honeymoon episode where they they go to like paradise and they, they imagine themselves being there forever and Corey's making like celebrity coconuts for a living yeah it's just something so goofy and hackneyed that i i could imagine myself doing the same if i was in his shoes i really like the thanksgiving episode with uh sean and Corey's family coming together for a first time kind of like getting rid of the the class divide that's going on there between the have and the have nots at least trying to make it work um that went a long way for me because i've had some friends who grew up in poverty as a kid and remind me of some moments when i would go over their houses and just share dinner with them mm-hmm. um Obviously, there's some of the the more heavy-hearted ones, like Mr. Turner ending up in a hospital and Sean joining a cult and Sean's dad passing away. Those were all very touching moments uh, that really get real from the show. Um, Oh, Hair Today, Goon Tomorrow is the one with uh, the good-looking guy gag and also Dom Rare in it. So that's the name of it. That was from season four, episode two. Oh. Yes, the singled out crossover where uh, Eric tries to find a girl in the show. I'm like, wow, I'm oh, like- I used to love that show. Yeah, I used to watch that with my uncle Phil when he babysat yes. me because he was just like all day, every day MTV. And I was just a little ignorant kid. And I'm like, what's this show about? It, it, it was a real blast from the past when I watched yes. that. Um, of course, there's also the, the trivia contest, public access, that got revamped to be more public appeal instead of like a, a stingy high school bowl trivia thing. That was a lot of fun uh, from season four. Um, oh, of course, how could I forget? This is one of Monica's favorites, so shout out to her. Uh, and then there was Sean from yes, season five, episode one 17. Of the best episodes. Highest rated on IMDb, believe it or not. Um, 9.4 out of 10. And. It's with was my reason. other cameo, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, as oh. as Feffy. <laughs> Feffy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was going on with Eric Matthews and Jennifer Love Hewitt, but man, he he totally 
oh. attacked her and made out with her like there was yeah. no tomorrow as soon as she got on screen. Yep. I just thought of another cameo. I can't think of her name. Hang on. Mission Impossible 3. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll start okay. up and get it. Okay. Um, yeah, it was uncharacteristically scary. And when I watched it first time, I'm like, wow, this feels like it belongs in a Scream movie or something. Mm -hmm. Just the dramatic tone and, and the creepy janitor who you don't really know anything about, too. Which I heard uh, from my wife that the the actor was just like in for that one episode and then disappeared. So it adds a little more mystique to him. Um, there's also the episode Starry Night from season five, episode 20, where uh, Topanga dates another guy and they meet at a Van Gogh exhibit yeah. uh, as a means to get back at Corey for the inf infamous kiss at the ski lodge. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one really stood out to me just because I'm a big Van Gogh fan and it's nice to feature like art on TV and take it as like a serious medium for creativity. Um, <laughs> I, I like this one better than Average Corey, which is very similar to the Starry Night one because it also dealt with an art gallery and a, and a, a child artist prodigy. With the picture of the broccoli beside him on the wall. Hey, you don't have a mediocre life. There's nothing about me that separates me from anybody else. But I actually like that one because uh, the, the child prodigy painter also mentioned that she loved playing Banjo-Kazooie and that was my all-time favorite N64 game. So, a little, little nostalgia jolt there. Carrie um, Russell, she was the other celebrity. Carrie Russell, gotcha. Also, also the girl who plays Velma, who's the girl at the ski lodge. Yeah, Linda. Linda Cardellini. I, I gotta mention this one because it's one of my favorites. It's like a real, real highlight for Eric as his character is Santa's Little Helpers, season six, episode 11. I just feel like his heart is bigger than his pea-sized brain here. My cousin-in-law, who's heart is bigger than his brain. I appreciate that, Clark. It broke my heart when he had to like interact with that little kid who wanted a family, and family. He, he couldn't adopt him even though he wanted to. Because I would do the same thing if I were in his shoes. Yeah. He was just adorable, and he needed a lot of you know, love and compassion. And uh, an episode of Girl Meets World. You're gonna have to get there. You're gonna see <laughs> Can I Can I help to cheer you from season six, episode 18? which was a follow-up to the Christmas special where Eric tries to adopt little Tommy. So they kind of go hand in hand, uh, both very sweet. And later on, uh, I have two season seven episodes to mention, which are The Honeymooners, where, oh, oh, that's the honeymoon getaway one. Yeah. That I, I love a lot. Um, and then of course, Brave New World, which is the series finale, which is a two-parter and it was really touching just to kind of see things come full circle. and have them all in the classroom again with Feeney with his final words of wisdom to them. And it, it, it made me cry a bit. So yep, it's, it's, it's hard when you're that invested to like, not feel like you're living in their world, but there it just, it, it earned every, every bit of emotion out of me when I watched it through. So some favorite episodes for you that has not already been addressed. Well, a lot of my favorites have been addressed for sure. We have great taste. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> the Halloween one, I think, might be her absolute favorite. That's oh, a lot of fun. Hands down, my favorite. All, and then right next to it is the episode where Eric is constantly trying to get back at Topanga and scare her. That, yes, it's great. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I begged you to seek help. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be so sweet. Uh, but uh, 
And I get, I'm not, I don't know the episode titles, but um, we got to throw out the, it's the first episode of season three where, where Corey is trying to ask out Topango for the first time. That was a big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, their first time getting together as a couple. And, um, and of course, the episode where he gives her his jean jacket, that's a, a memorable thing. Is that thing. A, a long walk to Pittsburgh, that two-parter? As before that one. Okay. That was when she in that that episode I wanted to bring up as well because when she comes back and he opens that door and she's standing there in the rain, I I think I was with the audience like screaming. Well, so if life doesn't want me and Topanga together, then you can't fight life, can you? Sorry. That's one of Monica's favorites too. And I think you had mentioned this with your quotes and stuff about one of the quotes from that is Mr. Feeney talking about love. And then when you have it, you have to hold on to it and cherish it. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, that what I really admire about is that you can have a long lasting relationship, even when you start out young, you can have true love then, and it can still grow and still continue. You know, Alex and I have been together a long time and we were together and, um, we knew each other as kids we grew up together as kids and then we developed a very strong friendship and then it developed into love and you know that can happen and far away love (laughs) but i really admired that the show did that and that showed that that is something that is possible Mm -hmm. um so and i really like that quote that mr feeney says in that episode so it's a great quote um, I gotta say also I really enjoyed the episode where Eric goes back to night school to finish to get his you know his graduate his graduation officially and gets and then he gets you know and the look in his dad's eye and when he's because he's tearful and he tells him he's so proud of him that just really got to me I, I absolutely love um I can't, I'm blanking on his role, but the, the actor who played the dad. I, yeah, I absolutely adore him. I think he was a fantastic TV dad. Yeah. Um, and just, I admire him so much for all the episodes he's in. Very underrated TV dad. I will say that the, I think it's the second to last episode of the series, but when Angela leaves, um, that was hard. That was a hard yeah. episode, too, to see her go. Um, and another episode in season seven was when they were all fighting and mad at each other and yep. then they had that and that's where we get crazy Eric's place with squirrels and a yes. flashback <laughs> to the future there's a cross between Grizzly forward. Adams and Jesus there yeah. and the lollipop is just ridiculous lo- <laughs> okay what is your name now <laughs> my name is plays with squirrels <laughs> Read this. Oh, what, what is this? It's me manifesto. All of us hermits have one. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, there so many great. I mean, the hair, like the hair episode where Topanga cuts her hair was such a big episode. Um, obviously, the breakup episode with Corey and Topanga huge episode was very I mean it tears at your heartstrings um big big episode there too so um but 
I mean, every, every episode has its moments, and it's just so good. And there's not a bad episode, but... Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a lot of my greats, so... Quick shout-out to season one, because we haven't really mentioned that season a lot, is um, when they do the mini-golf tournament thing, and they have like oh, the tournament in the backyard so side yard at the end. I thought yeah. that was very cute. Very clever. And I have to give it to the episode two, where the kids have to read the diary of Anne Frank, and they talk about, yeah. you know racism and things and that that still happens today because Eric's girlfriend got called ugly names because she's Asian and um, at the mall and you know and it really got Corey to because he had to become the teacher for the week that was the episode he was Mr. Feeney for the week and Mr. Feeney got to be the student and to show that he could actually if he could teach the class as well as Mr. Feeney so um, and that was a good episode I really really liked that one uh, what there were several, much like both of you, there were so many that I liked, but I'm going to talk about the ones that didn't, that are easily buried. Uh, but one of them, speaking as a father and as a teacher, I really appreciate the episode where uh, Corey's dad let him stay up to watch the baseball game and then he failed a test. And then there was a lot of the parent teacher confrontation between the two of them about what's best for Corey. Uh, I really appreciated that episode. Uh, and uh, I also really like it's it's later in the ser- in the series, but they were watching um, Mr. Feeney set a table for a date, and then she didn't show. And yeah, I, really, I remember that standing up. I really like that one. That that one hits pretty good. Um, I also <laughs> I liked Angela's dad when he showed up. Uh, everything with him. Plus, I just love him. Uh, he's he is past now. Yeah. But uh, he was actually, and I actually told uh, uh, Brett about this before. But there's there's this awful yet awesome '80s dick flick called The Last Dragon, and he was the main villain for that movie. Yes. And he is everything in that. In that awesome. Movie. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. Shogun of Harlem. You are a disgrace to this university, to this country, and humanity in general. Wow. <laughs> Drop and give me 20. Fine. Dude, you better pay me back. Uh, I love the episode where they were dealing with alcoholism and mm-hmm. peed on the cop car. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how Corey, this was Corey's decision, but yet... Uh, the dad was blaming Eric. No, Sean. Uh, yeah, the, the dad was blaming Sean uh, unjustly. Uh, and I really love the fact, again, <laughs> great TV dad. I love the fact that once he realized he was wrong, he apologized. Forget it. No. I was worried about my kid, and I said some things that I shouldn't have. It's okay. It is not okay. And I apologize. Yeah. I really have. I I love that dad. Uh, I I top tier dad. 
because again, me me being a father, it really frustrates me to see dads often treated as jokes on sitcoms. So to see when there's a really good dad out there that's been put out for kids to see, I'm that swing for him. Um, but uh, the other one episode I really liked the most, and probably the one that stands out to me the most, and it might be the last two seasons, the last two episodes, I don't remember, but it was when Corey needed mom and dad's help now that they were in that beaten down apartment. And yeah, mom, was that, the, yeah, I knew it was last season, I didn't know if it was. So, no, they had, it was right at the kind of the beginning after they had gotten married. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where they like renovate it and paint it and make it their own? Yeah. Yeah. That was and, very touching. And uh, they wanted their help. They, Can you help us? And they said, no, we're not helping you. And then he got angry and they took it upon themselves. We're going to do this on our own. And then he fixed the water and then brought it back to mom and dad and to show them, look what I did. Look what I did. And then that's when they were going, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I really loved that episode. And you could tell after they had left, Corey and, and Topanga had left, how it was killing mom. Can we please do something? No, they've mm-hmm. got to learn to do this on their own. And that is a hard lesson for both parents and for kids, uh, especially young adults. Mm-hmm. But uh so many great episodes, uh, but those are ones that easily get overlooked through the huge library of great episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all all very heartfelt ones with a valuable lesson. Yep. Great choices. Yeah. Quick shout out to um, Sean, Corey, and Topanga turning Feeney's house into a, like a bed and breakfast while he's away. Because <laughs> I literally thought about that as you were talking about him and just seeing how well of a job they did while mm-hmm. he was gone. It, it seemed like they knew what they were doing yeah i also uh really appreciated the episode where eric was going to go into theater yeah and i also really appreciated the episode in season one where Corey was talking about he how he wanted to be a professional baseball player mm-hmm. and then celebrity cameo but mm-hmm. i can't think of his name but they had the, the baseball, baseball player, player but the baseball player who showed up and said uh if it wasn't for education i wouldn't have been a baseball player and i thought that was a great message for kids Another quick shout out, since you mentioned play to the Shakespeare play in season one, where Minkus was the lead role of Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> and everyone's just like flopping all over the place, and he, he gets pushed over by Topanga because he's stepping on her, and um, Corey just learns to enjoy being like a, a guard on the yeah. side, and then he's the, the other guy who's also a guard gets motivated to like take the states hostage and i i really like 90s episodes that somehow take a play and make it their own and yeah. it seems like there's way more of them than i initially thought after watching so many shows for this podcast i just remember this one as well how did we forget the gender swapping one where yes. Sean yeah. dressed as girls to learn what it yeah. feels like to be sexually harassed yes like uh, i think it's called like girl like me or uh, yeah something like to that episode. extent or Ben, he made an ugly woman. <laughs> Sean was pretty good. <laughs> Sean did. He made a pretty girl, yeah. How you doing, honey? How you doing, honey? I'm Cora. I'll be your waitress this evening. I come in here a lot, and I've never seen you before. Quit hitting on me. 
He talks like he's a chain smoker. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of episodes, I have to give it out because it is your background. The mm-hmm. episode where Sean's in the very serious relationship with that tall tennis player girl, yep. and she won't let him see Corey, and they have that moment in the library that <laughs> you'd swear they were a couple. They're talking through the books. Like, <laughs> that you made that uh, that that sweet bun was for me, wasn't it? That Cinnabon was for me, wasn't it? <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Now, now, what was it they said where he goes, that would be Sean? What was that moment? Oh, because um, uh, she says, go talk to the person you love. And he goes, that would be Sean. Oh, that is the episode where they think Topanga's pregnant, but she's mm. having, she's trying to lose weight. And again, that also is one of my favorite laughable moments when we get into quotes and stuff, because it's mm-hmm. one of the best moments. For me, I, I like lost it with Eric. But... Yeah, that that's the episode because he's he, she won't talk to him. She don't. He thinks she won't talk to him about it, and he's trying to talk to his parents and going, you know, what do you know what do I do? And she's like, we well, need to go talk to the person you love, you know. And he goes, that would be shot. <laughs> and I was Great like, twist. <laughs> yeah. Just like at the wedding when they're sitting there. <laughs> I have to talk to her now, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Well, while you're too smoozing over there about your love life, let's talk about quotable quotes and feniisms because we're running low on time. Yes. Um, I have a few here. Feel free to add your own. But uh, these are the ones that stood out to me along the way. Uh, Life's tough. Get a helmet, which I think Eric first said and was yes. repeated by his father. Yep. Um, very, very handy for life's rough edges at times. I agree. Um, friendship is a real gift. It's given with no expectations and no gratitude is needed between real friends. From Mr. Feeney, of course. Uh, to me, a real hero is someone who does the right thing when the right thing is not the easy thing to do. And boy, do yeah. I feel that all the time. Yeah. Also from Mr. Feeney. Um, if you let people's perception of you dictate your behavior, you will never grow as a person. Very true. Uh, People change people. No matter what I teach you in here, learning from the people you care about is more important than the words on any page, which is actually Corey in Girl Meets World. And that was a moment where he's like, all right, you're the new Feeny now. Uh, Another one is, I believe that when you find love, you hold on to it and cherish it because there's nothing finer and it may never come again. Of course, we know that from our first bonus episode on Patreon when we talked about A Long Walk to Pittsburgh uh, as Mr. Feeney's speech to Corey and Topanga at the side yard. And then, of course, one of the last things he says in the series is, believe in yourselves, dream, try, do good. You mean do Don't well? Don't you mean do well? No. I'm no, not. do good. Good <laughs> in the world. When she hugs him and tells him that he has been more of a father to her than her own that's where I lost it tell us you love us <laughs> is that a quote <laughs> yeah 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 that was the end that's of the episode Eric, said that. tell, tell us you, you love, love us. us I will not tell us you love us and he won't then finally when they're all gone the he series says, ends with I love you all last dismissed oh that's so great all, all of yours I mean they're they're beautiful and they and want they... you to take the roles <laughs> that's mine and my, my friend Hannah's favorite quote when they think when they see themselves in the future as older Corey and Sean as older guys what yes yes 
Or or Angela. I'm the screamer girl. Yes, Earl, I am the screamer yep. around here. Yep. Well always remember he was this tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the pencil through the head. Oh my god, they killed Kenny! <laughs> I heard Will Fidel is actually a big South Park fan, which made yeah. that joke all the sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> Because he kind of does the sometimes he kind of does the like yeah he does the Cartman stammer yeah <laughs> the entire good looking guy theme song and when then when his dad takes the cereal thank you daddy yeah get out find a job <laughs> thank you daddy thank you daddy unemployed Eric is the best Eric <laughs> you're in a relationship you're in a triangle or, the, <laughs> or he says you're in a you're in a triangle he does a square. <laughs> Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting uh dynamic. Him, Jack, and Rachel and in, in that. Yeah. Uh it's not so much of a quote, but I do love the moment when Jack and Eric had resolved their their difference about Rachel and their embrace each other in the room, and then she says something about needing something in the shower, and then yes. he knocks the other one out to go. <laughs> yes. Dude. <laughs> Don't know if this is the right time to say it. I love you, man. Dude, don't even, man. I'm the one that loves you. Dude, dude, come on. Oh, boys, you know what? I can't figure out how to work the stopper in the bathtub. Can one of you please come show me? <laughs> but I also, again, Truman Show episode. I forgot about that one. That was a great episode, too. Yeah. But, um... And the episodes when they're trying to be all prim and proper for Rachel, and they yeah. they have the food fight with them. Yep. Oh man, that was a really messy food fight, from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think it's uh, I think classes are going to be out in a few minutes. So before we do our segment, uh, any final thoughts from any of you about Boy Meets World and the legacy it left behind for its fans? Ladies first. Oh, me first. I hate to be on the spot. Uh, <laughs> on the spot go for me it's just it's it's just a, a coming of age story for me it's a very it's a go-to show to just that you can there's so many relatable moments that you can put to your a real life situation and i just enjoy the laughs the the heartwarming moments with it um it's i hate that it didn't go longer i i it, to me, it's become such a cult classic now that I could see it going as long as like Grey's Anatomy is going still, or you know, Supernatural went 15 seasons. Can you imagine what would have, you know, would they have gone that long? I don't think we, we've seen a sitcom go that long. I mean, the longest has been Roseanne had a good long running. I mean, you know, it's just. It's those things they they leave a legacy and and it's become just such a cult classic now and um, I just I really I still watch it to this day and I'm getting Sam to watch has watched some episodes of it so I'm hoping he'll get into it as well so mm -hmm. I wish that I had seen the show more when I was a kid I wish I had a circle of friends who was into the show because I never got into it and um, I. <laughs> I would make it required viewing for kids now. Uh, it, I'd even make it for young adults and high school students. 
they just don't make shows like this anymore. Uh, yes, the first couple seasons is very hokey and cheesy, but they really hit the emotion button and uh, did some great work with it. Uh, was able to really intermingle comedy, but not conflict with the serious tone whenever those opportunities uh, presented themselves. And uh, it, even though it's 90s, it's all the points about relationships and friends and, and teachers and parents, it's still relevant today. Uh, yes, the family scene is very different now. There's all kinds of different variations of families because this was pretty much the staple of what families were in the 90s. You still have these relationships uh, regardless. And it's there is a reason the show has become so beloved by people who grew up in the 90s and are passing it on to their kids. And it had the uh, the spinoff series. And it'd be just as successful. We need more shows like this. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. We need something with values, something that's relatable, and something that people can really learn from to apply to their own lives. Because I feel like that's the best kind of television that stands the test of time is... You know, something that we can connect with and also learn from at the same time, not something that bludgeons us with a, with a million jokes. I mean, a, a, a few jokes here and there are great, but if you mix them in with some more dramatic moments and some more uh, moments that hit home, then you got a well-rounded show that can't encapsulate life even better. And I think uh, this is one of those sitcoms that you can come back to no matter when you watch it or even get into it like me and still take away something valuable from repeated viewings, even if you've seen the whole series. So I, I applaud it for what it was able to accomplish in the time that it did. I'm sad that it didn't go longer, but I'm thankful for what they, what they gave us and all the fans to just live off of and pass down values to future generations with. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're going to leave the Matthews residence for the time being. So let's go uh, to the Trivia Bowl at John Quincy Middle School and play a game of This or That. This or that, this or that, time to play this or that. So for This or That, it's pretty much simple, but also a lot of fun. Tell us which you prefer, or both, and why. And starting with the first one, we're going to go with... The Hunters or the Matthews? Which family do you prefer? The Matthews. Feed it! <laughs> the Matthews. Feed it! They stuck the toge- Matthews. Feed it! They stuck together. They were there. I do not want to be in the Hunters family. Uh, I love you, Sean. No. Yeah. Maybe Jack, too. But yeah. And Jack, too. Yes. Yes. The Matthews are a beacon of, of love and life lessons. So. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, number two, Angela or Topanga? Which leading female do you prefer? I love Topanga, but I do love Angela, too. Angela was a great, like, another good side female character to give with Danielle Fischel. And she she handled the role very well. And she was actually much, much older than the, uh, the original cast members. Because mm-hmm. I think she was, like, 30 when they wow. were like Doesn't look it. <laughs> no, she looks fantastic. Yeah. You know, everyone who I know would say Topanga. And even I... 
I would say Topanga, but just for this round of this or that, I am going to say Angela because she is a very underrated character within the whole scope of the show. And she was a very complicated character and she loved with her whole being uh, and was just as conflicted as what Topanga was, only she had less time to be able to express all of her things. And I loved the relationship between her and Sean. It was was gorgeous. Um, Topanga normally, but I'm changing my mind for this one. Okay. Megan, what'd you say again? Topanga. Topanga. I'm actually going to go with Angela as well. I really liked how she was introduced to the series. I like her relationship and how um, it takes some interesting twists and turns with Sean and how it really tests his ability to be, you know, his character to bring out the best in him. And I know according to Topanga do that a lot, but they're more like comic relief with the way they have relationship friction, for lack of a better word. I do love how their relationship grows. They have been with each other pretty much their whole life, but I I just like the, the how different Angela and Sean feel on screen and how how it how it fights to you know remain on the show as as an item. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Number three, Halloween, Thanksgiving or Christmas special? You know, Halloween. That's the best episode. That's my favorite. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving episodes usually just aren't my aren't my bag. Uh, typically, if you put the three together, so Only no Thanksgiving. Friends. Uh, Christmas. I love Christmas. It is my absolute favorite season. But uh, it's the Halloween. Feed that is, that that was masterful done. They had mm-hmm. some great Christmas episodes. Mm-hmm. They did have some say. great Christmas episodes. I'm going to go with a split between Halloween and Christmas because I like both equally and they're both very touching. Yeah. And Boy Meets World had a couple of Halloween episodes, so I want to include mm-hmm. all of them and not just, and then there was Sean as, as the spooky one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, number four, early Morgan or later Morgan? Early. I've been up since six o'clock. <laughs> that does it. That does it right there. They're both equally good, in my opinion, because I, I really liked uh, the sarcasm that the, the uh, later Morgan brought as she, you know, would pick on, you know, I'm Corey, I'm 16, I'm going to drive in movie. Was that when she was like in in the, the little, little like car wheels? Oh, I yeah. love that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and there was a good episode with her with when she was thirteen and she was going on her first date and she was coming mm-hmm. down in some shorty shorts and those are top. hot pants. Those are hot pants. I was like, oh, good old dad. Good I remember when that was a controversy in school uh-huh. in real life. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna choose later Morgan. Phoenix. Okay. I mean, they're both they're both pretty good from what I remember. I, I love both. I was like, oh, yeah. But I'm gonna go with early Morgan. I'm gonna go with early Morgan because she's just so darn cute and sassy. How could I not love that? Uh, <laughs> number five, Feeny as a teacher, a principal, or a professor. Definitely a teacher. Feeny! I was gonna say teacher as well. Feeny! Teacher, yeah. You can never go wrong with Feeny, period. I feel like we could have added neighbor as well in that. Mm. (laughs) I mean, if you want to do four this or that uh, icon, you're more than welcome to. That'd be a first. You need to come out and give some lessons in the backyard, so, you know, that was good too. But I would still fall that under teacher as a teacher moment too, so I'm gonna say teacher. 
Yeah, that's unanimous. Yeah, teacher as well for me. Um, six, Eric, Eric Matthews or Jack Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> I love Eric. I mean, how can you not pick Eric? But Fine. Jack is just pretty to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matthews. Did you see him shirtless in that one episode? Yes, uh, she did. Not enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he got super muscular. Well, I loved, I grew up loving, like, watching the Lawrence Brothers. I used to love their show, Brotherly Love, on Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I watched everything that they did. So yeah, Jack was a great addition, but Eric, yeah. especially later Eric. Yeah, <laughs> dumb <laughs> Eric. Dumb Eric is the best Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if it is controversial, he is highly entertaining. <laughs> Eric, all, all the all across the board for us. Yeah. Um, okay, number seven. Corey as a kid or Corey as an adult? to me got even funnier as he got older and he's still even funny as an adult as a dad now Ooh, on Girl Meets World he got <laughs> even funnier on there too even though he could be having his, fun, his serious moments but yeah I'm gonna go with Corey as an adult I actually really I really grew to enjoy watching him become a dad and just and, and especially in Girl Meets World I really enjoyed seeing him in this role and whereas when he started, he was the kid. So yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go with Corey as an adult. Yeah, me too. Uh, I liked, I liked co- uh, college age Corey. Um, I liked him more with each season. Mm-hmm. Uh, teenage Corey was fine. Uh, it was a little too cliched with the the love trope. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that was senior year. That's when he really his comedy like went. Mm-hmm. Way above. And uh, and I liked how he would stand up for his girl, how he trusted his girl, even except for except for that one episode, underpants. <laughs> I That's a great quote. Uh, but especially especially Girl Meets World, Corey. Uh, I I loved how he was as a father, as a teacher, uh, and still just as awesome a friend as he was in the show. Hands down, adult Corey. I'm going to go with that as well. I'm just going to keep it short and simple. I think he does get better over time. Like, yeah. he was really goofy in the earlier ones, but I like his blend of comedy with life lessons in the later ones and Girl Meets World as well. So, number eight Frankie or Joey the Rat? I love Frankie. He was a He was a pure heart behind the muscle because he was he had such a soft heart and just some of the things he would say and he would just say everything with ease and like the godfather in a way but it was just i, I, the I softer character of frankie i was like i wish he would have stuck around for the whole series but yeah. I, he, was, he was one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, I I agree with Frankie. He yeah. had a, a more interesting dynamic and character development than uh, Joey the Rat. Yeah, I'm going to go with Frankie as well. Yeah. I find his demeanor very charming. And he reminds me a lot of his character Randy from My Name is Earl, which was in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine, doing homework or slacking off? <laughs> Come on, book, bookworm. No, slacking off. Feed it. I slack off as a parent too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel like taking care of the kids. Your turn. <laughs> uh, so it depends on what time you would ask me. Because as a kid, I would say slacking off. As a teenager, I would say doing homework, because I would do my homework in school. I'd be doing it during my lunch break, so that way I could yeah. slack off when I get home and I didn't mm-hmm. have to. Feed it. Yeah. 
that's the strategy I would take too, whenever possible. <laughs> Get it done early so you can have all the time to play PlayStation. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to go with doing homework for the sake of slacking off after. <laughs> I guess that's both. Exactly. Yeah. And our final this or that choice. Do you prefer Minkus or Farkle? Or should I say um, Stuart or Farkle? Farkle Minkus. Uh, of the Minkuses. Uh. The Minkai. <laughs> uh, I'm going to probably go with Farkle. Because I feel like he was able to get more development for his character because he had more screen time. Whereas we only got Minkus for the first season. Um, and Plus some cameos. Cameo in that in season five when they graduate um but he also does come back in the Gormley's world series as well so we get to see father and son together um which i thought was great did you did you catch that line in one of the season one or two episodes where he's like minkus reproduced oh no he probably was cloned in a lab or something (laughs) (laughs) it made me really stop and think for a moment like (laughs) what did happen yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's hard, though, because Minkus and Sean had some fun moments in season one together, mm-hmm. the way they would rip off each other. So. Yeah. I actually, I actually thought that episode where they were, like, pitching in to get Mr. Feeney a gift, I guess, for the holidays, was pretty touching in how Corey covered for Sean because he couldn't, like, afford yeah, it due to his dad getting laid off. I didn't really care for Minkus uh, on season one, just because he was more the... He was written to be annoying, so that way he would annoy the main characters. Uh, There were moments of you got to see behind the facade of just being the annoying dweeb, but for the most part, that's that was his role. But uh, Farkle was not written that way. Uh, He was written to be a bit of an oddball, but he really connected with all the main characters and became part of the main cast and had so much more to do. It was such a much more likable character. So definitely Farkle for me. And Farkle for me as well. I think I'm way more approachable and less grating from a stereotypical standpoint. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just a sign of the times where like that stuff is just more blended in like societal norms or it maybe it's just how the character was developed more deeply but i i find farkle more endearing than stewart who can kind of be a little bit over the top with his nerdiness yeah 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 cool well that's it for this or that and uh we're gonna just jump right into our closing question because we're we're ready to head on home uh so slimesters let us know what profound lessons did you learn from watching Boy Meets World or Girl Meets World growing up? Write to us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel, splatattackpodcast. And just interact with us wherever you find us on social media. We're really close to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, so even if you're not subscribed and tuned to our videos, definitely take a few seconds to hit that subscribe button because that'll really help us grow our podcast in ways you cannot imagine, including like setting up a store, setting like donations and thanks, and other tools that we can get from YouTube Studio to really help us, you know, take it to the next level with our production. Uh, We also do have a Patreon that we're working hard to expand so that we can make this our full-time job honoring 90s nostalgia. So if you truly believe in the content we're making 
and want to see us go a little bit farther for you guys, uh, definitely head on over to our Patreon page and sign up to become a Gakoid today. We have various tiers available from uh, basically a casual fan to super fan. It's all affordable, all tons of great content, including bonus episodes, bloopers, and more. So definitely check that out. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we also do sell shirts at our bonfire store as well. That's back up and running. We got some shirts of all four seasons of our logos. We got Team Gakoid, Team Slimester, and hopefully we'll get a few other designs on there at some point when we get a break from editing. Uh, but you can definitely grab a shirt for yourself and your friends who love our podcast at bonfire.com slash store slash Tech store. Head there today. Thank you, Megan, so much for joining us for this uh, Boy Meets World retrospective. We're so thankful to have your insight and, uh, and fun experiences to share along with us who are, Alex and I are newbies to the series, let's face it. Uh, mm-hmm. is, there anything, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Uh, be sure to check out my mini episodes mm-hmm. of me revisiting some 90s commercials. Um, when this episode comes out, uh, she will have had an episode just last week yeah. where we talked about 90s music. Uh, not favorite. Not my favorite category, but definitely my one of favorite. Megan's favorites. So this is about her. 90s music is, has a big impact on me. So, yes, that was a great choice. Thank you. You're welcome. That. I knew you'd like that. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing these, and I hope uh, you guys want me to come back and do more because I actually really enjoyed them, and I'd love to do more commercials because it does bring back a lot of nostalgia and that's what this is about. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun watching your Meg reacts with my wife. So for anyone who's really into those topics or just wants a girl perspective on our podcast, they're a great way to, um, you know, get to know us a little bit better. And you're doing great work. Yep. Tune in next time, Slimesters, when we head out of suburban Philly and into the Four Leaf Clover Mall to try on some jumbo-sized basketball shoes with our with Doug in our episode review of Doug's Cool Shoes. This was a fan-requested episode from our Slimester Matt Gordon, who will be joining us uh, to take a trip down memory lane for this uh, fun episode. So you don't want to miss it when we meet Sky Davis in person. If you're lucky, maybe he'll even autograph our shoes too. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I've got to convince Sean that he's not a bad friend with Corey. Aye, aye, co-captain. Uh, while you're visiting them, tell Eric to come back inside before he talks Mr. Feeney's ears off. Mother's orders. Will do, best buddy. Splat you later, slimesters. Hey, Corey, wait up! <coughs> Feeney! 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 Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. <laughs> It's time for me to go. I'm glad that's over. Now for a peaceful night's sleep. Well, that's it for now. Yeah, we gotta catch a train. Since I'm going home, you can't my arts and crafts project. It's a tweezer holder. All right, guys. Let's go for it. How long have we been away? <laughs> See you soon. Thanks for watching. Bye bye. <laughs> Can I put her in the toaster oven? <laughs> no, honey, that would be a mistake. Mommy? What? I made a mistake. Ren's the dog, Snippy's the cat, Rocco's a wallaby. And for the bonus points, Honkerbird. Is correct for three million points in the game.